This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Please visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. If you'd like to contact me for any reason, then please click on that contact icon on the website. You can listen to the show by going to our website and click on the archives link at the top of the page. You can also subscribe to the Australian Hunting Podcast on iTunes, where you can download all episodes to date. Please leave a comment on iTunes and rate five stars if you enjoy the show and to show your support. That would be greatly appreciated. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash Australian Hunting Podcast. You can also follow our Twitter feed at twitter.com forward slash AH Podcast. And also, if you enjoy watching videos, then please subscribe to our channel at youtube.com forward slash Aussie Feral Control. Alternatively, you can find all the social media links on the website. If you want to be part of the Australian Hunting Podcast, then please leave us a voicemail by clicking on the voicemail icon on the right-hand side of the website. This gives you an opportunity to be part of the show, and we will play your voicemail message on our next Straight Shooting Podcast. Donations are always graciously accepted, and you can click on the Donate button on the website. I appreciate all people who listen and donate to the show. Share the Australian Hunting Podcast with your friends and family and get as many people into hunting, shooting and fishing as you possibly can. My name is Jason Selms and without further ado, let's get into my interview with today's guest. This is Rod Drew, CEO of Field and Game Australia. This is Rob Fickling from Beyond the Divide and Maroka 30. Hi, this is Col Allison, hunter, journalist for 42 years and a shooter. Hi, this is Russell Mark, Olympic gold medalist. This is Charlie Jacoby from Field Sports Britain. Hey everybody, it's Tom Knapp and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. All right, Marcel Van Gogh, thanks for joining me here on the Australian Hunting Podcast as the Everyday Hunter. I appreciate your time and being able to join me today. Thank you. Mate, my pleasure. And it's, uh, it's been a long and waiting interview that we've, uh, we've, had. we've finally come to. So. Yep. Mate, I want to, uh, I guess, I always ask very similar questions to a lot of my guests that take part in the Everyday Hunter series. Um, tell us about yourself, I guess, whether you hunt, shoot, fish, all of the above, and how you got into it. Mate, I am all of the above. I, I actually get out and do everything. So I, I started off a, a business that uh, Australian Outdoor Adventures. Um, I try and promote going out and having a bit of fun and either hunting, fishing, camping, full driving, trying to get it all out and about and showing people that it's not hard to get amongst it and being able to, to get out in the door, get outdoors and have a bit of fun and, and just and learning the ropes a bit and especially from other other hunters and stuff and getting their knowledge and passing it on to your friends and what a what a better way to do it than with social media and 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 the internet these days it's just fantastic and um yeah with australian outdoor adventures it's it's kind of my way of showing that what i've learned and being taught from different people and different hunters and and passing it on to the other people that might might want to get out there and have a bit of a go or just just want to watch it on on social media mate 
Mate, how did you get into, I mean, hunting and shooting? Was it a family tradition, mother, father, um, long, you know, long history of hunters and shooters in the family, or what was it? To be honest, Jason, I have not had any family history within hunting. It's all been military background, so I guess you could say that's a bit of a hunting side. But I, I actually got brought into it by, by an ex-girlfriend and her family, and they took me out west, and this is how this is done, and chasing down pigs and being able to rustle up a couple of boars. And, yeah, and it was, it was quite exciting. The first time I actually got to go out and sit on the back of a cruiser and being able to sit there in the cold and going down the, the corrugated roads out in St. George. And it was just exciting at the time, and it just got me, got me wanting more and more each time. Yeah, have you got any any friends or what about? I mean, you probably should have stayed with her. That would have been a great, 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 great hunting partner. You know, having a good female as a hunting partner. Which, well, uh, it kind of got to the point where I was going out without her because there wasn't enough time there for her to come out as well. So I kind of just skipped off and went off with her cousin. He was a good, <laughs> he was a good mentor and being able to teach me how to hunt pigs and and um, so it was kind of that way with with I should have. Should have just moved out there and kept it that way. So, Marcel, what did you when you first obviously you know your ex girlfriend started getting into you know a bit of hunting and you got into it? What was your your family's reaction? Say you know mother, father, brothers or sisters when you know you, you know they you said you come home and you've been shooting pigs. Mate, it's it's not like the family. It's also my friends and stuff as well. Like they, it was it was kind of a combination of everyone and they they were against it at start because they never grew up in that situation, but after time and time again of going out and, and going out and taking out the pigs and the deer and, and coming home and telling them about it and then ex- explaining them to them what they're actually doing to the environment and, and the feral animals that we're actually eradicating out of the, the environment because they're taking out, of the, taking out the natives. So it's actually, after time, we kind of, they kind of got the, um, the understanding of, of looking after the land and being able to put something back into the into the land, so yeah. How old were you when your you girlfriend or ex girlfriend started started taking you out? How right. old were you then? It was about oh, six seven years ago when I started shooting, and um, the first time I actually, I absolutely loved it. I've I've never looked back since, and and collecting rifles and everything like that on in the last seven years has just been my pride and joy and. Being able to get out, get out and go for a shoot like today, like we we went down to the, the Gold Coast Clay Target Club and did a bit of trap shooting and that was fantastic. Like I'm not not big in in sport or skeet or anything like that, but I love shooting away and yeah, and that's what it's all about is getting out there and and being able to take your mates and have a bit of a yarn and sip them back a cold one and just oh that was a great shot, mate. And, too good. <laughs> Did we able to get any of your friends, family uh, into hunting and shooting? Well, today we actually discussed it, and I was trying to push them into into which direction to sign up with Double S Double A or or the local the Clay Target Club. So they want to be able to have somewhere that's local to be able to go every weekend or every time they have a a, a function on to be able to go down there and have a bit of a shoot. So today I pushed. Um, I think it was about four of the blokes down that came along and they were actually quite excited because it was their first time shooting and the the look on their faces just they had they had a ball mate and then that's what it's all about it's in, enjoying yourself mate how important is it do you think to get people 
you know, into into this sport. I mean, obviously, it's interesting how you came to get into it as well. So, is it only natural to get other people into it the same way sort of you did, and and try and get people into it as well? Well, yeah. Well, I I didn't grow up with it, and I'm happy to back up anyone that hasn't grown up with hunting or or fishing or or shooting, and because it is something that. If you haven't been brought up into it, it, it does make it harder to learn and to be able to go out with people. But that's like events like this that, that encourage people to get out and have a bit of a talk with one another and, and learning, learning the curves of shooting and being able to, and being able to hunt. So. Yeah, and good stuff, man. Um, tell us, I mean, obviously, uh, I guess you probably have a job, uh, yeah, what you do with um, Australian Outdoor Adventures, sorry. When you're at work and I guess you started getting into, you know, this hunting and shooting, um, what did people generally think when you, you know, said, well, you know, I actually go hunting? What's the reaction you normally get from people? Well, Jace, I kind of, I kind of, I wouldn't say this in a bad way, but I kind of revolve myself with my work around the kind of people that go out and hunt, fish, uh, four-wheel driving, everyone that I try and put my business into revolves around that kind of hunting and shooting. So it's not an issue for me to be able to bring up a conversation with them about it. But when I'm I'm in that area of, okay, I'm, I'm walking into SBS and I'm, I might be um, a bit sus on someone. I don't know what they're like. So I might drop the, oh, mate, you and do your bit of, bit of shooting or something. Oh no no well then I'll I'll discuss those rainbows and and butterflies to them but if they um they bring up the conversation oh yeah mate I went out last week with the twelve gauge mate I'll I'll just I'll sit there for hours and have a yarn with them it's just yeah you you kind of you pick your conversations and you don't want to you don't want to um, upset the wrong people as well we're just going to go to a quick break here on AHP Digital and we will be right back don't go anywhere. Do you have dull, blunt or badly sharpened knives that couldn't skin a cat? At Scary Sharp, we use a multi-step grinding system and will hand sharpen your blades to a precise edge. Our process of sharpening knives will have your blades splitting hairs for a surprisingly low cost. Not only do we sharpen knives, but we also sharpen scissors, clippers, garden tools, arrowheads, axes or anything that holds an edge. We are located close to Canberra and we also have a mail-in service. Visit Scary Sharp on Facebook or call Bob on 0410 432 852 and find out how we can meet your sharpening needs. Scary Sharp. If it cuts, we can sharpen it. For everything Bushnell, go to Red Fox Outdoor Supplies online store. For a full range of Bushnell rifle scopes, rangefinders, binoculars, night vision, spotting scopes and Hoppies gun cleaning products. Visit redfoxoutdoorsupplies.com.au or call Greg on 0415 495 712. Red Fox Outdoor Supplies, the only real choice for Bushnell hunting equipment. What do you think some of the pros of being a person that hunts, shoots and fishes are? Uh, there are so many pros. I could, I could. I've got, I think I've got a list somewhere here. But I, I love being able to bring home my own fresh meat. Like there's nothing like good venison. And I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, and everyone talks about venison. And it is, it is a great meat. Um, I have brought home a couple of pigs only because I know that they're they have been eating the right crop, and they they're not bad smelling meat. Um, obviously, you check for worms and everything like that, and um, 
and stuff like that. But majority of the time, we'll, we'll leave a couple of legs dropped off for the farmer and etc. Um, out west in Queensland, and there's not so much that you can live off out there, considering food, because a lot of it is very gamey meat. Um, it's not the best eating. Um, northern Queensland, um, sorry, not northern Queensland, uh, Sunshine Coast, they've got some great deer up there. They've got some red deer, and I've, I brought some perfect venison back from there, a nice doe. Um, and same with down in Victoria, mate. Like, venison is probably one of the best meats to go hunting for. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> fishing, <laughs> yep. fishing I, I like bringing home some, some good snapper or something like that, so being, being able to, having the, the 12-footer out the front, being able to bring home some fish is just fantastic. Mate, any other benefits you can think of that you enjoy, you know, about getting out there hunting, shooting, fishing? Um, out there with your mates, being able to sit back and talk about that big buck, that, oh, mate, that one that got away. And it's, <laughs> and it's that, it's that, that whole being able to, to sit there and have a bit of a yarn around the fire and, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right, I man. I really enjoy getting out there too. You know, it's more like getting out with friends, isn't it? You know, sleeping yeah, well, under the stars. Ex- except when it's deer country and I'm freezing, you know, my balls off. It's not such a uh, not such a fun thing at 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> Mate, if you've seen the latest video down in Victoria on Australian Outdoor Adventures, we did the high country and um, I think there was ice coming off the side of the hill where our swags were frozen the next morning and it was, it was cold. <laughs> well, you were talking about um, deer... Let's talk about you know what um, species, game species you hunt and what you like to hunt. Mate, I'm a big on pigs. I'm, I like the exhilarating rush out in western Queensland. Um, just being able to chase down the big boars, having the dogs by your side backing you up um, on the back of the ute or whether we've got the quads out there. Um, Aussie feral game hunters are probably one big for that one. They get out there and do a lot of videos and stuff like that and and that's, I guess, what we compete with is being able to, to 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 get all the pigs that we can on the weekends and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I guess my my number one animal to hunt is probably the feral pigs. Yeah, feral pigs, your favourite. Why? Anything in particular about them? Well, being able to to be able to stalk them. Well, I wouldn't say stalk them. Being able to to track them down, help getting the dogs, teaching the dogs as well, being able to to find the pigs and stuff, and then that that quiet moment that you're sitting there looking at the gps going is that dog holding or is it is it um is it taking a drink of water and then it sits there for a bit longer and then then you just start running you you just follow that gps pitch black through the bush and you just um yeah you just hope nothing jumps out at at you (laughs) (laughs) true um any other species that you enjoy hunting as well i mean you're so you're in queensland Correct. So, what are, what other you got? You got red deer up there. Anything else you enjoy hunting up there? Pretty much everything. <laughs> Mate, yeah, foxes, rabbits, cats, dogs. It's what you can really find and what you what you're really tracking. But most of the time, we'll do a couple of laps looking for pigs. If we can't do that, then um, hopefully we've got the permit to to shoot the uh, the ruse off on the property. If the permit's not there, obviously we're not going to shoot them. But um, yeah, and if the permit's there, we start shooting a few ruse and knock a few legs off for the the locals. So. Yeah, yeah it's just on the property is just cleaning up all the feral animals, mate. Yeah, I know. Certainly, lots of good fun. Do you? Uh, I know you were talking about before about clay targets. Do you participate in any non-hunting related shooting activities? You know, rifle shooting, target shooting, pistols, you name it. Anything else you enjoy to uh, get out there and do? It's a different kind of hunting when you when I wouldn't say I call it hunting. It's it's more of target shooting, and then it, it's completely different towards hunting and. I don't get as, get into it as much as I should. 
and I'd, I'd love to be able to go down to the local Gold Coast Clake Target Club and be up there every weekend, but I actually don't even own a 12-gauge shotgun. So, But that's the glory of having these clubs is being able to go, okay, well, can I can I use one of yours? And majority of the time they've got one there ready to use or you become chums with old mate next door and he, he's got a spare 12-gauge for you, so you go shooting with him. So there's, there's a, a lot of potential there here on the coast with it growing and being able for myself to be able to get into it. So, Yeah, absolutely. What about, let's talk about, you know, we when you got into it, obviously you started, no doubt, like all of us do, we all start buying our firearms, we enjoy it. So, yeah, what's your go-to calibers? What do you enjoy shooting or what's in uh, Marcel's gun safe? <laughs> well, there's uh, three guns in my safe, mate, and I've got a three oh eight. Well, they're the three most common guns you'll probably find. Is the three oh eight, the two two three, and the twenty two. Twenty two is my little baby. She's fun to run around with and shoot a few rabbits and foxes and stuff. Um, my two two three is my good all rounder. It's a Howler. Um, it's a fantastic gun, sighted in perfectly, and um, yeah, it's just my perfect all rounder. I wouldn't go anywhere without it. And then the three oh eight is probably obviously for the bigger game, which is your deer and, and those the big pigs that get away so why did you choose those particular calibers in particular just you know was it advice from someone or you just thought that they'd best suit your you know what you were trying to do well my first gun i shot was a 243 and i i originally was going to go with that instead of the two, 223 um but then i shot a 223 i think it was a um a remington and it was i just i liked the feel of it and I ended up getting a synthetic stock instead of the wooden stock, so um, and it's a lot lighter and be able to run around and stuff. And also, ammunition is very cheap now nowadays, and being able to reload. And um, yeah, so I, I wouldn't being wouldn't suggest going out buying heaps and heaps of boxes of uh, 308 bullets. That's why I suggested the 20, uh, the 223, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so no, no shotgun. Planning on buying a shotgun any time in the near future? You could, see, I'm a shotgun freak. I mean, I think I own like four of them. I just can't get enough of shotguns for some reason. Some of them I don't even use. You know, like, oh, I do wow. a little bit, but you know, not you know once or twice a year. Some of them, other ones I use regularly at clay targets. You got to get yourself a twelve gauge, wouldn't you? Um, I'm, I've been looking at it. I've been talking to some <laughs> of the guys down at the, the clay target club, and they want me down there as, a, as also a representative as well, being able to show off their club and being able to push more into their club. So I think I've got to pass the, um, the test with the missus first and just ask her, but I'm sure that it wouldn't be an issue being able to go down to the club because it's only 15 minutes down the road, mate. Yeah, exactly. Good point, mate. Uh, it's always good like getting out there, you know, sort of, you know, n- not just hunting, but, you know, getting out and enjoying your know, friends and family down at the local range. I mean, it's always uh, very good fun. But if you could break it down, this is an interesting question that I ask a lot of people. Um, if you could break it down, tell us what it means to be a hunter, shooter and or fisherman in Australia in this 20th century. Oh, that's a tough one, Jase. Um, <laughs> now, to be a hunter in the 21st century, well, the rules have changed a lot, obviously. Um and it, it, it is it is make it made it a lot harder to do, to be able to go out hunting and everything. But rules are in place for a reason, and you just obey by them. You're not going to have any issues. So that's obviously what I do. So to be, I don't know, Jace. I don't know how to answer that one. <laughs> no, it's, it's always good an interesting question. My generation, my generation goes out and has a bit of fun. So. 
Yeah, yeah. No, it's always an interesting question because a lot of different people have you know, different reasons why they go out and what it means. And it's, it's sort of I, – I specifically ask that question because yeah. – I think it makes people, you know, think about, it. and they sort of don't really know. Some do, some don't, and yeah. it is it is kind of hard, you know. Well, to... I, I know it's it's always been it's always been a history of hunting and being able to collect your own food and everything, and I think that was half the reason why I wanted to start it up was to be able to go. Oh, I might go get some some food instead of going down to Woolies. Exactly. So, what about the attitude of hunting, do you think, you know, just from the general public? Do you think it's positive? Do you think, you know, we're under the pump a little bit in the media? What's your general thoughts on that? I think the media does pump it a lot, and I, I, I don't agree on it. And it does make it hard to be, to be a shooter and fisher um, because they don't... Everything that they put in front of their camera, they... It's kind of someone sitting on their shoulder telling them what to do, and I, I don't agree with it, Jason. That's why I try and this is why I'm trying to create my business is to be able to show the the real side. Yeah, there's fruit loops out there that are that are. I think in Victoria they got caught seven people or something got caught with the rifles still still loaded and everything like that in their car, and it's just safe practice, mate. You've got to be able to. You, you don't want to give them fuel for us for them to to hit on us, really. No, you're exactly right. Um, this is an interesting one too. Obviously, you know, when you said you got into, you know, hunting and shooting, what keeps you coming back? What is it you enjoy so much about it? You did say friends, but can you elaborate more on that? What keeps you coming back, uh, uh, you know, week in, week out? Mate, it's the exhilarating rush. I love it. I absolutely love it. Like being able to, being put in a situation out in the bush and defend for myself, being able to navigate for myself and, skin something up to be able to to get a bit of food or to box up or something like that it's just it's that that feeling of being able to to i don't know do it on my own mate like being just you've everyone seen the the movies of the the zombie apocalypse that's that's exactly (laughs) what it's like in my head being able to defend for myself and yeah so Oh, well, I guess if the uh, zombie apocalypse did actually happen, we, we we might be all right, unless the pigs turn into, or the deer turn into zombies as well, then we might be screwed, but... Because <laughs> I don't think we could eat them then, we'd probably turn into one too, but... Yeah, well, that's it, yeah. you got to look at the other side of the picture, don't you? <laughs> Mate, I want to talk about that aspect which you, you, you just touched on, which is the, the eating the food aspect. Obviously, you know, a lot of game you can eat, probably... You know, fox is not being one of them. But then I do know a guy that has eaten fox before. God knows why. But wow. um, when you were getting into hunting and shooting, when I guess that would have been your ex-girlfriend and family, were, the, were they, you know, game eaters? And what do you think of game game food in regards to, you know, the taste and flavour and being able to cook it? Mate, the ven- like, obviously the venison is, is the, probably the number one, the food that you want to get into. And, and when I got introduced to it, I was... I was just—it's a bit, bit of a strong meat and different taste, but it actually—it it went down good and it was good eating. We ended up having it the next day for breakfast. So, um, I haven't—I haven't had any fox, obviously. Just something <laughs> that I don't think I'll ever go near. Um, but rabbit stew and stuff like that is just—it's just good meat and it's fresh meat, and you know that what you're collecting is—you know that it's going to be good meat because obviously you've picked it out. You're not unwrapping it and trying to see, making sure that the butcher's got the right cut for you or anything like that. You cut your own meat. So yeah, you know, exactly. Oh, you're going to make a good meat. What about 
any any go to not so much recipes, but how do you like to prepare game? Let's say deer. What's your, you know, what do you what do you generally prepare in regard to schnitzels or you know more, you know, long slow cookers sort of stuff? Or what do you generally do? Mate, I'll top the Weber. The Weber absolutely rocks. So oh yeah, I got one too. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I think that's the most popular portable barbecue anyone's got. So <laughs> I like the old slow cook in the in the Weber, mate, and. You get yourself a back strap and whack her in there and slice her up when she's cooked and mm Is that sort of more more the quick? Because I've got two different ones. I've got the little um, I think what they caught them the mini mini something or mini Q or something, which oh, is the, the baby Q, mate. Baby yeah. Q, that's it with the gas and then the the one out the back. I've got the old you know fifty six centimeter kettle, the which family I, one. <laughs> yeah, long, low, and slow. You know, with a bit of smoke, with a bit of wood. Mm, fantastic. Yep, I um. I suggest the, the baby cube because it's it's more of a it sits itself off off the, the elements a bit more once you get the the baking tray in there and to be able to slow cook it and it and it, it kind of circulates the heat so it makes sure that it cooks cooks all the way through and it's it's good and and you can you can leave it in there for an hour and or or whatever you desire how, how you like your meat medium rare medium it just depends on how long you cook it for. Yeah. When you're cooking it on the Weber, do you find you go fast or, you know, high heat, meat, you know, medium sort of rare sort of thing? or Always try and keep it on a low heat and, and for a longer duration just to ensure that you cook it all the way through and it does it does make it nice and tender, which is, is how you want to make your meat. is nice and you don't want it too chewy or anything like that. Yeah. I, did, I had some, I uh, got some roux the other day actually from Coles and, um, it actually wasn't too bad. I cooked it fairly, fairly fast, and um, you know, actually was kind of tender. I think one was bush plum, bush plum. I think one was, and the other one was garlic something or other. And geez, they're fantastic. I mean, I'm surprised um, it tasted actually so good. My friend had it first and put it in his pizza oven inside one of those aluminum trays, aluminum trays, and uh, put it straight into his pizza oven. And within like you know, 15 seconds, it's it's sort of you know, the, the, the heat's on it. Cooked it straight through, oh, mate. Straight through, and then he turned, you know, got the little spade thing, brought it out, turned him over, back in for another a minute or two minutes, and oh, mate, I'm willing to say that is the almost the way he cooked it, the best meat I've ever had. It was unbelievable, and it's through Woolies, so which is which is another bonus. Yeah, unbelievably, unbelievably. I think I actually think that one was from Coles. I think, but same thing. Both uh, companies, you know, sell some of the game meat depending on which stores you go to, but. Um, yeah, mate. Yeah, I do like the um, the game food. That's for sure. Um, a lot of people, you know, some just hunt for yeah meat purely. Um, some hunt for you know for the culture. Some hunt for the you know the trophy sort of animals they like. Um, why do you like to hunt in particular? What sort of you know gets you going when you get out in the bush? Well, I wouldn't suggest as much in trophies with pigs their dace because it's um, <laughs> all you've got really to show is their tusks. So you can take a couple of photos and. And there you go. So I'm, I'm more and in, more into the the kind of the the hunting because it's strategic. You you're being able to defend for yourself or being able to to stalk, and it's just using those instincts to be able to to hunt. And that's that's my go-to is is, is hunting. It's it's just it's just a great game. We're just going to go to a quick break here on AHP Digital, and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Are you looking to buy a new or used firearm? Do you want to sell that safe queen to fund your next purchase? Then go to osgunsales.com. 
We have over 200 registered firearms dealers, Australia-wide, and thousands of shooters using the site daily. There are over 2,500 firearms listed, so you're certain to find exactly what you're looking for. We have over 50 years of firearms industry experience, including 8 years online. So why wouldn't you advertise with us? The one and only genuine original Ozguns. Whether you're into hunting bunnies, foxes, wild dogs, feral pigs or even wild goats, there is only one hunting magazine that covers the lot and a little bit more. Shoot Feral's Australia magazine promotes ethical hunting practices and values in each issue. Grab a copy today at your local newsagent or look them up at shootferals.com.au. When you're out in the bush, what do you enjoy about being out in the bush when you go out? What sort of, um, what, what do you enjoy about it? It's that relying on your instincts, Jace. It's just that, that little bit that you, you're going to have to put away social media and all technology and just rely on what you know. And that's what really puts people to the test. And obviously you get some of them that get pushed too far and get lost out in the bush. And, but then if they come back, you obviously you learn a bit more and then you, you go the next time. And you want to be able to, to learn every time you go out and be able to, to, be able to really defend for yourself and, and live, off, live off our, our culture, our, our nature, mate. Yeah, exactly. When you when you when you're talking back, you're talking about your rifles. Now, have you gotten into you know any reloading or anything like that, or nothing? Or just factory ammo? Or I've been showed how to reload. I am that lazy, Jason. I don't have any time for it. Yet generally, I put most of my time into to videos. And when I'm out out on the field and filming some guys doing some shooting or some full driving and stuff, I'll bring it straight back, throw it on the computer edit it up and then spend some time with my son so that kind of keeps me busy jace yeah well do you think you i mean i'm not sure how old your son is when he gets a bit older or if he's old enough are you going to try and get him into this this uh, culture as well at five weeks i think he is a bit too young jason <laughs> to be able to teach Jeez, him i thought he'd be a couple rifle. of years old not five weeks old. <laughs> <laughs> so he um you won't be doing any hunting for a while <laughs> Well, I, I can say he's been down to the Great Ocean Road down in Victoria. He's also been over to Morton Island. So he's doing all right for his age. So I'm, I'm very determined to be able to, to grow up in that culture of being able to learn how to shoot and the respecting of the rifles and other shooters and, and as, as well as full driving and camping and stuff and being able to rely on, on his instincts as growing up and learning different ways to be able to to hunt and to fish and yeah exactly good point man um some people they really get freaked out when you say hunting is a sport and somehow that's that's how the media uh tries to portray it do you think it's a sport a culture a means of getting food how, how would you describe it depends on which way you look at it it's i guess it's everything jace it's it's kind of it's a sport to some people when they when they're going off clay shooting and stuff like that. Uh, it's a culture when it comes down to to hunting and stuff like that. A lot of people have grown up with with their father and, and their grandfather being able to protect their land and being able to to show that okay, well, there's a there's a fox eating eating my bloody lambs. I've got to I've got to get rid of it. I've, there's too many of them. So they obviously go out and and hunt and. And um, being being a sport, it, it's it's good culture. It's there. 
Yeah, good stuff, man. Um, I know this one is uh, always fairly interesting, this question. I mean, no doubt you've come up uh, against some people like this. I know I have. Uh, how would you explain to someone, you know, that's never hunted, even shot, because some people haven't even fished before even, uh, how could you explain it to them so they so they understand at least understand why you sort of you know love this lifestyle so much? Well, you try and you you break it down to them. You don't want to throw them straight in the deep end and go, "Yep, you pull the guts out of here and make sure you don't stick your finger up the bum." You kind of you want to <laughs> you want to explain it to them that it's it's an enjoyable hobby or a sport or a lifestyle, um, whatever way you want to call it. Uh, but it, it does. It takes a lot of patience and practice, and it and you. It's a skill that will last with you for pretty much the rest of your life. And um, yeah, that's awesome. Marcel, tell us. I know some people when they go out hunting. Do you think there's uh, benefits? Some people hunt, you know, for, for feral control. Some because they enjoy it. They get meat. What, what do you think the benefits are? Say hunting feral animals or. Yeah, either on public land or private land. Obviously, some states, Queensland doesn't have public land hunting, but there is public land hunting in other states. What's is, do you think? There's good benefits in you know helping out farmers or removing feral animals, um, you know, from our environment. Well, Jace, I'd love for them to be uh, to be able to put a uh, public land as a as a hunting area for us, but unfortunately, up here it's um, it's kind of all private land, and um, and yeah, it does. It helps out the farmers and. Last month, I, I recently did um, the Boulogne Boarbuster, which was um, a pig hunting competition, and it got the kids involved and being able to to help out the farmers and the local community as well. So all the all the hunters that got involved, they um they have to pay a fee of each division that they want to be in, whether it be the biggest boar, the smallest boar, etc. Um, all the money raised, all the donations that got put in. All the money went to the, the local kindergarten because obviously the, they've cut funding for the, the, the kindergarten in the local schools there. So yep. they're going to have to make up the, the money for the, the after-school care and being able to look after the kids. So what they started to do was do the, this pig hunting competition and, and get people in from, I think they got someone in from South Australia up in, up in the Cape they came down from. Um, so people came from far and wide to be able to be in this this pig hunting competition to put back into the community so i think that is the benefit jason of 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 hunting is depends on what you're doing it for obviously but the there are certain organizations out there that do it for a good cause and it's to put back into the community and help out the farmers mate what do you think this is always interesting question um what do you think some of the cons are to hunting shooting and fishing greens um (laughs) <laughs> the, the greens are making it hard for us. Um, they always look at look at the worst the worst um, side of things. And I actually recently watched that doc- documentary featuring um, um, Robert Borsak with um, with the, I think um, Steve they Lee. went in. Sorry, what was that? Was it Steve Lee? And they went yeah. pig hunting and and they went they did they, they did the whole swap and do each other's job sort of thing. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I thought that was one of the most fantastic documentaries I've I've seen in a while. And it just shows the other side of the picture and being able, for a hunter and stuff, being able to put up with what he had to go through and vice versa. I don't think she could understand of... She couldn't put up with it. So... Yeah, no, I I totally agree. It's... um, The the downside is, 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 
yeah, is people making out what it's not. Yeah. And and making it harder for everyone else to, that wants to get into it or that's already into it that they look like a criminal, which they're not. They're just they're doing something that's part of their life that, or a hobby or what they grew up doing. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, man. I know um, in Australia, you know, I'm not sure you've been, you know, in it just recently getting into, you know, last, what did you say, five to seven years. Uh, you know, what's your thoughts on, you know, the, the firearms ownership in Australia? I mean, obviously you're in Queensland. What do you think the process was like and what do you think about, you know, firearms ownership in Australia at the moment? Um, it's a long process, but it's a process that has to be done. Um especially with that Port Arthur stuff that happened many years ago that I, I know a lot of people don't want to, to think about and stuff because it was a massive tragedy, um, that they're, they're there for a reason. Um, to be able to to assess someone, to uh, to ensure that they're, they're eligible to hold a rifle or to, to hold a firearm, it's, it's a long process, but it has to be done. And I guess... The different avenues to, from a handgun to a to a to a centerfire rifle is, yep. is it's massive. It's different. Like there's a lot of difference there, and to be to go through the different avenues to which firearm you want to fire, um, yeah, there's processes there that have to be done. And I'm not I'm not too fan I'm not too much of a fan on the six shoots with the handgun license to. To keep your handgun license held, yes, yes. you've got to attend six shoots a year. So I'm I'm just not not too sure about that one because why isn't that the same with the rifle? Or why 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 do you have to do the six shots a year if if you don't with your rifles? So yeah, it's just it's totally ridiculous, mate. What would you would you make any changes to the current system, if any? Consistency. That's the biggest thing is consistency, and I don't think it will ever come come to Australia, but and it's the same with the road rules or your driver's license or firearm license. There's no consistency there and, and different laws in each state you go to. So I guess it's just doing your research and until they, they start getting consistent with everything else. And, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I true. think we've just got to bite our tongue and just keep doing the right thing, mate. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Um I want to talk about obviously in Queensland you got a, a few uh, pro gun you know political parties up there. I think you got um, the Australian Party Bob Catter, and you've also got um, uh, the Shoes and Fishes Party as well. Uh, do do you vote for a, a pro gun party either at a state level or at a federal level when you know election time comes around? If you know if yes, if not, why not? To be honest, Jason, I'm not big in politics. I'm, I'm just yeah. I'm, I kind of try and turn a blind eye to it. As much as people say you shouldn't and you should be voting for the right people to protect your state and the future and 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 your, obviously your kids and stuff, but I'm vote one fishers and shooters all the way, mate. And Yeah, I guess, yeah. But um, if, if Rob is listening to this, can I borrow your bus, mate? Because it's a pretty good tour bus. <laughs> I think, actually, I think Steve Lee owns that tour bus, actually. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, I might have to eat him up then. Yeah, yeah. A question about that. I mean, you know, in this climate and, and it, on a few shows that we do, it gets very political. We do a couple of different types of shows uh, here on AHB. But, you know, why is it? How do you think we can get people more involved? I mean, this probably goes including yourself as well, because if we keep, you know, being, you know, not looking out at what's going on in the community, not looking because, you know, I think the Greens, they're very full on. 
Uh, they're very good at, um, you know, they're just they're very good. Whereas shooters, I think, are generally apathetic. They don't want to know what's going on. They don't really care until one day, you know, the police turn up and say, right, well, you know, that particular firearm's now been banned. So I guess how can we get more people involved? And, you know, why doesn't particular getting involved in the politics, does it just not interest you at all? Or just give me, I want to get a bit of background with that. It'd be great. Well, I guess it is. It comes down to that whole debating, and I'm not big for debating. I, I kind of tell it how it is, and if if it doesn't work to you, then bad luck for you, and <laughs> if it doesn't work for me, then bad luck for me. But one thing, I, I was talking to a gentleman today, and he he said he had a bit of a run in with the Greens, and he put put statistics in front of them, and they kind of kept their mouth shut. So I guess I guess it does. If you, if you know your numbers and you know know what you're talking about and how it's helping out and stuff and you put that in front of them and go well this is how many native animals died in the last 15 years compared to this is how many um animals have survived in in the past two years because of what we are doing it kind of kind of makes them roll their tongue up a bit more and be able to go okay well yeah righto you're doing you're doing a good thing Marcel, tell us, mate, you know, if people are out there, you know, they want to, probably even like yourself, like me when we first got into it as well, and they wanted to get into this, you know, awesome outdoor activity, they want to, you know, maybe go to their clay target club, they want to start hunting, rifle shooting, what sort of advice you could give them, you know, if they want to get into this awesome sport? Well, whether it be fishing or hunting, um, your local store, do your research, go in there, have a yarn to them, they'll be able to help you out. Um, because, yeah, going in there with some knowledge is better than none. So knowing that, okay, well, you can start off with this one or forums. Forums are, are great. Like, or even Facebook groups, they, they kind of help out people. A lot of them can be a bit rude and coming across a bit, bit strong and, oh, well, you're a bit silly, mate, you should know that. Well, you just explain to people and be honest with them. Look, I'm new to it. Teach me how to do it. Or um, can what do you suggest? Or... Just ask questions, and that's, I guess, the best way to do it. And Don't take criticism too hard, because a lot of people criticise, but just, just let it roll off your shoulders. Have fun, enjoy life, and then just always look for that adventure. We're just going to go to a quick break here on AHP Digital, and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Do you hunt deer and want to learn the correct techniques for a quality wall mount and premium eating venison? SSAA Sydney Branch provides hunter education courses to help you become a better hunter and to utilise harvested game in the most effective way possible. Course content includes gunning, butchering and caping from experienced hands-on instructors using locally harvested deer. There is no gear required and also includes a barbecue lunch. Courses are held every first Sunday of each month with an 8am sign-in for a 9am start. Course running time is approximately 6 hours and the venue is Silverdale Rifle Range. Cost is $50 per person so call Andy Mallon at Silverdale Rifle Range on 02-4653-1440 or visit www.sydney.net. Mate, obviously, obviously, you just said you had a son. I mean, what's your? Um, I mean, obviously, you're not with your ex-girlfriend anymore. Your current partner, wife, girlfriend, fiance. Not sure what she is. What does she think about the whole uh, shooting? And uh, when she first met you, and you said, "Hey, listen, you know, I like to get out there, hunt a few pigs." And you know, was did she? Did she just go? Oh, was she a bit off standish at first? Didn't bother her at all, or? 
Well, I've known Lisa for about uh, nine years. Um, we grew up together when we were kids, and um, she's always known that I've, I've always been into it and everything like that. I actually, I took her to, um, she doesn't come out west because uh, I think she's a bit, she doesn't want to see anything in distress, um, which is not fair enough on her half, but um, being able to take her to the range and stuff like that, I've, I've taken to a couple of ranges and, and let her shoot the 22 and they come out with the 9mm and go, hey, do you want to have a shot of this because you're a pretty young lady? So it kind of gave her a bit of excitement there of shooting down the range at a target. and She's she's okay when I go away, but when it's for too long, say for a week out at St George, she gets a bit shitty, but as <laughs> always do. Yeah, they do. Mate, uh, Marcel, we've got a um, segment here we do on the Australian Hunting Podcast. It's called uh, Five Questions uh, in Under a Minute. Do you reckon you can take the challenge? I think I could. All right, I'm going to start as soon as I start asking the first question. All right, in five words or less, describe what being a hunter means to you. I'm outdoors, enjoying um, stalking and (laughs) fun. All right, favourite aspect of hunting, what is it and why? Um, It is going out and being able to to survive on your own and being able to, to rely on your instincts. Yeah, I know you said this before, but absolute favourite game to hunt. What is it and why? Pigs, just different, being able to look for them out right. there. If you, if you could hunt anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Um, I don't mind hunting in our own backyard here in Australia, but um, a lot of places talk about Africa and how good it is to hunt over there, so I guess Africa would be one of them. Yeah, favourite piece of hunting equipment you own, what is it and why? Um, my two two three because it's an all good all-rounder. Uh, strong, reliable, shoot straight, and just a great gun all round. Oh, mate, fifty-seven eighty-six winner, Ooh. chicken dinner. That's it. <laughs> a well, lot I win, of, mate. I know. For, for <laughs> oh, I used to tell a few guests that used to come on my show before that. Yeah, you know, the first you know five or ten, I think I had uh, a lot of people were going way over the minute, and I'm like, oh, maybe I should make it five questions in under two minutes, and then all of a sudden, lately. Um, a lot of people have just been, you know, just kicking goals and kicking it out of the water. So yeah, well, it's it's it, it kind of gets you at start, but once you start getting the rhythm happening, exactly. But Mate, um, I guess I, I won some stickers though because I purchased some of your stickers uh, yesterday. So oh, that's they're right. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, they're like... going on the the tour four wheel drive. So. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Mate, we always finish off. We always love, you know, my guests love hearing a story. So whether it's, you know, maybe maybe the best pig you ever got, when you tell the story, my guests always say they like to know, you know, time of year. They want to feel like they're there, Marcel. So time of the year, the time of the morning, yeah, maybe you were stalking up on some pigs. Just tell us a story that uh, may interest the guests and just give us the, give us the good detail of the story. Well... There's this one. I was actually going to tell a joke, but I don't think I want to tell a joke because the story sounds a bit better. So Absolutely. I was out at St. George. It was, uh, I think it was just after after winter, so it's coming into spring. So everything, all the, the pigs are a bit toey and running around and stuff like that. There's always pigs out there. You you come across a um, a crop and you'll just see a bit of dust storm happening. So there's there's always pigs. So we, we come across this one. The dogs just take off. So we, we pull up the ute and we kind of look at the GPS thinking, oh, 500 metres, 600 metres, and we're thinking, shit, we're not going to run that far. So we, we go around a bit, around the bush a bit, and there's a little track, so we pull up there, and we get out, and I kind of leave, I leave the, we always carry the 308 or the 223 in the car, just in case, just as a safety precaution when you're out 
hunting and you just never know so i was nah i won't need i'll just carry the knife on me and the, the little torch like one of those little um super cheap auto little button torches thinking that all right cool that will do and i'll get out there and i start looking for luke and i was like where'd he go and you can see him up ahead so i run after him and then his light goes out and i was like oh shit so i'm, I'm following <laughs> him around and all of a sudden i hear this noise and i think it's the dog and i kind of whistle out and turbo and nah, not the dog this boar pops out of the bush it's been crouching down in the bush hiding so they're a bit sneaky when it comes to hiding and um <laughs> just jumps out my god it i shat myself i was up the next tree just yep i just wait for luke and, and when he comes back but eventually the the pig trotted off and gave up and oh mate i, I don't think i've ever been that scared in my life how far away was it um it was only about a I guess a couple of metres away, because we're, we're walking through the bush, and um, they, they like to crouch down in high grass and stuff like that and let the dogs chase after the other ones. So, yeah, yeah they're sneaky, the old pigs, aren't they? They are. They're, um, they're a bit conniving, too, a bit like the fox. Because mm. sometimes I guess sometimes you can come past and they just, they just because sometimes they're very hard to see with their dark colours, aren't they? And then all of a sudden... Yeah, well, not only the dark colours, you also get the... the the orange ones as well and the the white and black and yep. especially at night being able to see them at night it's just just yeah it's a bit scary you don't know what's going to pop out at you mate <laughs> no, no, make sure you're locked and loaded ready to go i guess yeah you, well that's another another plus for having a rifle and carrying a rifle if you are in that situation and a lot of people have seen those videos on on facebook and youtube of um people with those quick 10 second reactions of okay what's that oh hello and fire yeah. off a shot and they just yeah i saw one too on um youtube the other day actually the guy was like looking for the guy was filming from behind this guy and all of a sudden he's looking forward the guy with the gun and, and everything seemed fine and then all of a sudden out of the left you see this pig just sort of you know charging up and all, all of a sudden the, the you know the guy with the firearm sees it out of the left of his eye turns around and literally just almost just shoots it literally right in front right to his left yeah. it must have been half a meter away and the guy's like is this oh the gentleman that was shooting with the earmuffs on yes yeah that's right yeah, yes the earmuff on was in make sure you don't go out hunting with earmuffs with earmuffs on because <laughs> you won't be able to hear them yeah i know it was quite interesting <laughs> seeing uh that you know i was like oh man right next to him like luckily actually turned around and yeah just to his left and must have caught the corner of his eye but mate if is there anything you'd like to say to you know finish off or any final advice you wanted to offer the listeners or anything you want to say about you know australian outdoor adventures um well yeah australian outdoor adventures we're on facebook um if you guys have an adventure that you want to be able to promote and and show off and and be able to go i know everyone else has got facebook and their phones and stuff but we kind of we kind of help and encourage people to go out and do it or if you guys want to come along with us and get out on an adventure because we we do quite a few of them we go out hunting or we'll go over to fraser for a bit of a camp or take the jet skis out or the boat go out fishing so just yeah hit us up when when we're doing our next adventure and you can tag along um we'll be floating around so yeah and thank you guys thank you jason for for doing this interview, mate. It was, it was a fantastic interview, and I, I quite enjoy talking to you, mate. No worries. Marcel Van Gogh joins us here on the Australian Hunting Podcast for the Everyday Hunter series. Marcel, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. You've just been educated, and this is the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.